I met him 15 years ago, I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What do we do? He's been here once tonight. I think he'll come back. And welcome to the Ancient Slumber Podcast, show number 17. My name is Chris Ward, and joining me for a chat about some movies is Myron Schmidt. How are you doing, Myron? You got 17 right. I'm impressed. I know. I had to think about that as I was saying it. (laughs) (laughs) You always ask me before the show what uh, number it is, and you did this time. It's not often I think about what I'm saying, but today I do. (laughs) Sort of. Sort of. You'll come up. You'll come up with some cockamamie way to prove that one wrong. I'll upset somebody, no doubt. Yep. Amityville 2 is all I'm saying. Greatest possession film about a house ever made. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well. How you been, Chris? I've been all right. I've been all right. I've been busy as usual. But uh, looking at the list of uh, of films that are coming out over the next few months from various distributors, it's quite exciting times. Yeah, there's there's quite a few of them that are that are coming out that are uh i'm excited for yeah we've just had fright fest over here i didn't go but i've been looking at all the reviews and the films and everything that's been coming out from there and uh, it looks like it's going to be an interesting few months for releases and some good stuff excellent excellent, excellent. yeah uh, i'll give you one guess as to the movie i'm waiting for rob zombie 31 no oh, come on no better than that that's the one i'm waiting for oh i've had the press release as well so it's coming it's coming Yours has got to be Blair shit, at which, sorry. Yes, that's all right. I can take it. I have broad shoulders. <laughs> yes, some uh, some people on my uh, Twitter feed have been uh, giving their thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, listened to podcast yesterday. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's called, uh, I think it's called In the Flesh. And uh, these two guys, Joe and Brett, saw 31 at Fright Fest. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard mixed. I've heard mixed. <laughs> I'm going to stick with my uh, my colleague at Flickering Myth, Luke Owen, who gave it a four-star review. Wow. Now, actually, Luke and I normally disagree about a lot of horror films, but um, I'm willing to go with him on this one. Very good review. Well, look, let's face it. In all honesty, this one may be right up your alley. It's, it's not a departure for Rob Zombie. It's his old redneck crowd doing bad things. You, you probably might get a... Oh, you know, you I, like it. you know I'm going to love it, whatever. 
It could be Rob Zombie. <laughs> a film of Rob Zombie sat on a toilet farting in Sid Haig's face, and I'll sit and watch it and love it. That concerns me all of a sudden. I'm a little worried at this point. <laughs> I would. I'm be. a little worried at this point. I would not be at all. <laughs> right then. Yeah. Today we are doing Halloween. One, two, three. That's right. And Dead End Driving as well. Uh, Halloween being my one of my favorite horror movies. This is a series that I'm a big big apologist for. Ooh, so don't give it all away just yet. No, everybody who knows me knows Halloween's my favorite. Yes, but they know you like found footage as well. They do. They do. So, and I also dislike a lot of found footage. So do you now? Yes. Not as many as I do. No, not by a far cry. <laughs> Not right. by a far cry. <laughs> no. <laughs> are we going to get to talk about nuns? Do I get to laugh again about nuns? You are, I don't think actually. we are. No, I think you are because we're about to do good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> oh, God. So let's dive straight in. Nude nuns with big guns. Anyways. Um, my good, believe it or not, is a uh, non-horror related movie. Mm-hmm. I do watch other kinds of movies. How dare you? I know. I know. <laughs> is uh, we get this wonderful little thing where Voodoo gets like early releases of stuff and they call it early release. But sometimes it's still in the theaters, but or other times it's just like two weeks early, you get the digital copy. All right. Okay. And I got to enjoy a little film called X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, I saw that on your letterbox. Yeah. I thought it was a good movie. It, yeah, okay, there's plot holes, and there's, you know, ten ways till Sunday to rip it apart, but at the end of the day, I just really enjoyed watching it. It was a fun movie. I really like the X-Men films, actually. Me too, and I like the later ones even better, where they have the, the James McAvoy character. Yeah. Um, I really like those. I think those are just a little kind of darker, more action-filled kind of thing. Yeah, I haven't seen Apocalypse. It's out uh, on DVD here next month, I think. I've got it pre-ordered. Okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I shall uh, watch that when I get it and let you know what I think. But I did, I was saying that, I sat and watched Days of Future Past the other night. That's a good one, too. Yeah, I quite like it. It's a bit... Yeah, yeah. It's a bit long-winded, but, you know, I think the action's good. I still think Hugh Jackman's great as Wolverine. I can't think how the fuck they're going to top that once he gives it up. Well... He's been doing it for so long. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not the biggest Hugh Jackman fan, to be honest. But he is Wolverine. Oh yeah. I, I, it, there's just no other way. I've watched him in other films, and he's been okay. But I think, yeah, as Wolverine, I, I think he's bang on. Yeah, it's just like to me, uh, Liv. What's his name? Liv Schreiber. Liv Schreiber. Yeah. Yeah, he'll always be um, uh, his character. That. that uh, God, uh, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the names. I haven't watched that one for ages. But um, that's the one. That's the the origins film, isn't it? That a lot of people slag off. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was. That. I know the CGI is a bit lousy in places, but ah, you know, sometimes you just have to expect that going in. Well, exactly, exactly. And that's exactly what I expect when I get a Batman versus Superman or X Men Apocalypse. I expect it to be ninety nine percent CGI, ten percent, one percent, whatever it is, real stuff. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with it in a superhero film because, you know, that's what you're signing up for when you go to watch it, isn't it? You know. Exactly. You know, if I want a gritty realism, I'll go and watch a drama. That's right. So, yeah, I don't mind a little bit of of fantasy silliness. So what about you? Where's your good fall? 
Well, my good one is, uh, well, between the last show and this show, we obviously, uh, we lost Gene Wilder. We did. We did. We did. I forgot about that. Yes. I mean, I grew up watching Gene Wilder films. <laughs> one of our first videos that we ever had was, um, was Silver Streak, I remember, which I love. Um, so I gave Stir Crazy a rewatch. Oh my God. How could you not? I fucking love it, Phil. I really do. I know it gets a bit of flack because about halfway through it stops being funny and becomes a bit more of a serious drama. But it, it kind of does, yeah. It does, but I mean, Wilder and Pryor sell it so well, you know, in that first half when they're in the jail cells and all that. And, it's just, <laughs> you, and he sits there doing his whooshie, whooshie, and all that sort of stuff. It's fucking hilarious. You know, it still makes me laugh. I think it's a great, he's a great character and it's Skip Donahue, one of the best characters in any film ever. Great supporting cast, Craty Nelson in there as the um, the prison guard who doesn't like him. I think he's brilliant as well. And you've got all the characters like <laughs> Grossberger and Blade and all those other prisoners. It's just a fun film. <laughs> I love it. Well, I saw that one uh, and Blazing Saddles in the in the movie theater when they came out. Oh, right. Okay. And my God, Blazing Saddles. I swear to God, I laughed through the whole thing. I mean, literally the whole thing. I've got to admit, I haven't seen Blazing Saddles for years. I saw it probably best part of 20, 25 years ago. It is absolutely juvenile humor. Oh, yeah, but. At its best. <laughs> but Gene Wilder was one of those guys, you know, he could make anything funny just by a, facial, yeah, a yeah. facial expression or a movement or even just accentuating a word in a sentence. He was just always good, always good, and he, he will be missed. <laughs> he will, absolutely. <laughs> Go on then, give us a bad. Yes, it's going to be a found footage movie. Oh, of course it, it is. <laughs> it's a movie called The Cutting Room. Oh, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. College students are are trying to do research on uh, cyberbullying, and the cyberbullying episode is more than meets the eye. And I think it involves cannibals at some point. It just is. Yep. Nope. It just doesn't cut the mustard. No. Okay. Yeah. It's just. Oh my God. At the end of the movie, you're just like, Oh, really, guys? We've 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 really shoehorned a square peg in a round hole. <laughs> Well, I've done that once or twice. It, it's not to, you know, it's a found footage, so you're already on a iffy, iffy slope. Well, if you don't like it on that premise, then you're not going to like the rest of the film. Yes, So I'll, exactly. I'll give it a miss, shall I? Yeah, I would highly suggest give it a miss. <laughs> yeah, I have heard of that one. Uh, was it on Netflix? I don't know. I have heard of it, though. Uh, yes. Uh, it was either Netflix or um, Amazon Prime. Okay. Well, nice to see you're getting your subscriptions worth. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> right then, My Bad is a remake. I sat, I'd seen it once before, and I couldn't remember it much, so I sat and watched it again the other night. It was <laughs> Poltergeist. <laughs> 2015. Oh, so what? Oh, why? Why? Why do they do it? It's nothing. What did you like about it? Well, an easier question would be, what did I like about it? Nothing. Do you think it was actually film problems, story problems, or nostalgia problems? None of it, because I'm not that nostalgic about Poltergeist, the original. Okay. I okay. like it. I actually okay. prefer Poltergeist 2. Yeah, I'm not one of these people who says, oh, you can't redo that film. Yeah, it was good. It was great time. But I think, uh, I don't think the original has dated that much, so I don't see what remaking it does. There's nothing in this remake. I don't like the actors. I think Sam Rockwell is terrible in this. I just didn't like his... When you compare him to Craig T. Nelson in the original, 
That's twice we've mentioned Craig T. Nelson today. But yeah, when you compare them, you know, you like Craig T. Nelson's character. You know, you want him to be your dad sort of thing. You know, he's a great heroic sort of character. In the remake, I just didn't like Sam Rockwell at all. Gotcha. The kids, I wanted them to get fucking mangled, to be honest. Especially that boy. How fucking annoying was he? Jared Harris as the, uh, you know, the ghost hunting guy. Um, I don't mind Jared Harris. Um, I just think he's in some shit films. And I think there's a really good horror film role out there waiting for him. And he just hasn't found it yet. Because he was in the uh, that Hammer one. Is it the Marked one? Not the Marked ones. What's it called? Uh, I'm going to have to look that up now. Uh, I've got no idea what you're talking about. Yes, you do. Well, I've got, there's a review of I wrote a review of it on our blog. What's it called? What? Digital. Oh, you must have seen it. It's a Hammer film. It's a recent Hammer film. It's a ghost one. Oh, what's it called? Bad hell. That's what my computer's now decided to go fucking slow. Because <laughs> I want to look something. Oh, yeah. The quiet ones. All right, everybody. We're, we're going to stop until Chris can sort this out. I'm sorted. Yeah, the quiet ones from 2014. Have you not seen that? I heard good things about that one. I have not seen it yet. Oh, no, it's shite. But it's better. Really? Than, okay. It's, it's better than the Poltergeist remake. Um, but yeah, in the quiet ones, uh, Jared Harris is a is sort of university lecturer. Um, he's sort of the main character in it, but it just wasn't very well written. Huh. Okay. Okay. In Poltergeist, again, I just think, yes, he's an actor I would choose for a role like that, but you, not in this film. There's nothing about the Poltergeist remake. None of it's done better than the original. And even if you took the, if the original didn't exist, this would still be a shit film. I just don't, there's nothing, there's no substance, there's nothing, I didn't believe any of it, I didn't get invested in any of it, the only bit I did like is when the girl is at the TV and she puts her hands up and you see all the hands behind the screen, that's the only image in it I thought that had any effect whatsoever. Huh, alright. Just boring shit, don't like it. So while we're talking about bad movies. Yeah. The movie The Ouija, you know, I think it was just called Ouija, came out, it was horrible. Yes, absolute crap. There is a found footage movie called the Ouija experiment I think yes that it that is not bad okay I like is it a sequel no okay it's not it's completely different but Mike Flanagan is doing the new Ouija movie have you seen the trailer oh uh, I haven't no but that yeah that's the one I'm thinking of. I've seen the advert on uh, IMDB yeah I haven't looked at it take a look at the trailer I'd be curious to know what you think Okay. I'm actually kind of excited for it. I mean, I, I like Mike Flanagan. I'm not the hugest Oculus fan. I, I don't know why that movie just never clicked with me. Oh, I never saw it. But I do like other stuff he's done, so. Okay. Fair enough. So watch the trailer. I'd be interested in your thoughts. Okay, I shall do that once we finish recording, and I'll let you know. So, if we move on to Ugly. Go on, then. You're not going to believe it. It is another found footage movie, Chris. Ah, oh, for crying out loud. Do you do anything else? Well, not when given a choice. And uh, believe it or not, though, there are some found footage movies that I have read the synopsis and said no. Okay. I'm just not even. I'm not going to watch it. It sounds really stupid, and you know, forget it. Go on then. So I I don't watch every single found footage movie, but I do watch a lot of more than I should probably. But this one is <laughs> yeah. called called Nightmare Code. Nightmare Code. I haven't heard yes. of that one. Okay. It is done through security cameras and computer cameras. I'm already forming a picture in my mind. Yeah. Let me let me see if this plot at all sounds familiar to you. It already does, yes. C- computer code goes rogue and computer technology kills people. 
and well, no, 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 no. Computer technology doesn't necessarily. Computer technology convinces normal people to kill each other, Uh, and then uh, here's the kicker: the guy who wrote the code gets sucked into the code and becomes the code. Does any of this sound familiar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Keanu. Keanu Reeves wasn't in it. Yeah. So I was actually but, thinking oh of the God. lawnmower man, but there you go. <laughs> oh God, that crappy movie. Do you know that Stephen King had to sue to get his name removed from it? Uh yeah, I can understand that. I'm surprised Jeff Fahey and Piers Brosnan haven't done the same, to be honest. I know no kidding. Cause, you know, the lawnmower man has nothing to do, the story has nothing to do with the uh, So I'm led uh, to believe. I've never read it. Well, picture this. A big naked guy works for Satan, comes to your yard, takes off all his clothes, and eats your grass to mow it. That sounds like a regular day for me. That's pretty much what the story revolves around. Oh, lovely. Okay. <laughs> it's Stephen King. It's awesome. What do you expect? Exactly. So Nightmare Code, then. Yeah, it was just ugly. I mean, it was it it was so bad it was ugly, and it was ugly because it wasn't that well done, and... They try to in, you know introduce other subplots in to keep you hooked into the characters. Yeah, no, you just don't care. Because the gimmick of having security camera footage just wasn't enough. Uh, the gimmick of the whole Matrix thingy just wasn't enough. Oh, dear. Why do you watch these things? I don't know. I'm a sadist, I guess. Yeah, one word for it, yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> right then, my ugly, you know what it is. No, I don't. It's those nude nuns with big guns. Oh, God. <laughs> I rewatched it last night. It was sat on my shelf. I was looking, I wanted some background noise while I was doing something else. <laughs> so I went, oh, go on then. Oh, Lord help me. Uh, this is an ugly film. Um, Were there actually nude nuns with big guns? Yes. Yes. You know, I thought you'd seen it. No, I've never seen it. Oh, no, man, man. You need to see it. Um, Yeah. It is deplorable. It is a lot of people getting raped for no good reason. Then there's a character. Oh God! There's a character oh, called Kickstand. Oh Jesus! For, and not because of the size of his motorbike. Um, yeah, I, 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 I. Who just basically yeah. rapes women? They just meet people and they he just end up raping them. Yeah, it's deplorable. But for some, ah, oh, it's quite a well, technically quite a well put together film. The acting isn't that dismal. This could have been a proper grindhouse thing from the <laughs> 70s if you didn't know any better um it's just God. missing danny treo popping up in it somewhere really oh jeez yeah there are nuns they are nude they have big guns there's lots of tits and other bodily parts all on show for you to uh for your delectation yeah i enjoy it i like these grindhouse films so yeah it's rubbish but i like it okay oh jesus christ <laughs> you've just sat and watched a film that's made on security cameras yeah. <laughs> Just take that sentence and think about it. Oh. If somebody brought a load of security cameras to your house and went, oi, have a look at this, and started showing you clips from them all, you'd think, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> of course I would. <laughs> and you've just watched a film about that. Actually, I watched two of them. <laughs> of course you did. I, I didn't even mention the 13 cameras movie that I saw. I don't know. Save <laughs> that one. Save that one. For long in the future. It's got more plot holes than Swiss cheese. <laughs> oh, oh, they had a, a plot, did they? Fuck it out. Oh, God. Oh. Just the things they had to do at the end to make it all work was... I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh. Oh, well. At least you Nude know. Nuns with gig, Big Guns has got a plot. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> there is one in there somewhere. Yeah. You know what the funniest part about the cutting room, the really bad one that I talked about? Of course, what? Nightmare Code is really bad. Is that they suffer from what I call the crow's nest syndrome. Okay. Crow's nest is, again, a found footage movie that has, believe it or not, a magic RV. Of course it does. The killers are an RV, and it just pops up out of nowhere. Okay. Okay. Forgive all that stuff. Two of the characters got away. They, they were clean. They were gone. They were running. Everything was fine. They went back and got the fucking camera. Of course they did, because if it's not on camera, it's not real. It didn't happen. They went back and got the camera and got killed. Same with the cutting room. Two or three characters in the clear. All they had to do was run. They were fine. Nobody's going to catch them. No, they went back. But you have to have that thing there. Square peg in a round hole. you got to force it to God Almighty. Oh, well, I forced it in more times than I care to mention. That's back to new nuns with big guns. Yeah. Yep. It's worse. You know, they force it worse than anybody trying to put together Ikea furniture. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've got experience with that as well. Yep. Right then. That's enough of talking about rubbish films. Should we move on to some, well, hopefully better ones? Well, yes. Well, one of, one of them we know is. One of them we know. Go on then. Let's go into Halloween, shall we? Let's play a trailer. Halloween night. A small American town. Fifteen years ago. <laughs> trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted. Sure, sure. The only reason she babies it to have a little Halloween. Okay, come on out.
1978, directed by John Carpenter, starring Donald Pleasance, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Moran, Charles Cyphers, PJ Souls, Kyle Richards, Nancy Stevens, and some other people. Right. Synopsis. <laughs> so I got, after I got past PJ Souls, I was thinking, I don't recognize these names. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Right. Go on then. Synopsis. I, I love PJ Souls. Yeah. She does a great teenager. Is that like PJ and Duncan? I don't know who Duncan is. That would mean nothing to you. Don't worry. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Uh, oh, like a synopsis of Halloween? That would help, yeah. Really? Do we have to do a synopsis of Halloween? Somebody might not have seen it. Crazed lunatic comes back to kill his da, da, da. cousin. <laughs> Say, don't give it away. That's Crazy Lunatic escapes and goes into a fictional town in Illinois and kills everybody. Yay! Well, well, Illinois. I think it was actually California, wasn't it? It's Illinois in the film. It's Illinois in the film, but it's shot in California. They even have to paint the leaves green, so I believe. Did you know that? I didn't. Ah. I didn't. Yeah. It, it sounds like they probably did. Yes, they did. Uh, it's supposed to be autumn, isn't it? And I think, I believe it was actually filmed in the spring, so they painted the leaves different colours. That's, yeah. There you go. And but you did not you did not mention who the DP was in this film. Uh, Dean Cundy. Yes. Oh God! Didn't have to resort to IMDb then. I knew that. I I figured you would. I'm not even on IMDb. I am. <laughs> but you know, I mean, Dean Cundy. This was one of his first films, or early on in his career. But he goes on to have an amazing career. Mm. Doing what? <laughs> <sighs> whatever it is DPers do. Uh, I actually saw his name in a film recently. I can't remember what it was. Oh, didn't he do The Witch Who Came From The Sea? I believe he did. I believe he did as well. That one springs to yeah. mind. Anyway, Halloween. Well, I'm guessing you saw this in cinemas first time round, didn't you? No, I didn't. You didn't? I thought you did. No, oh, no, no, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I've never seen it in the cinema. Uh, no, I've, I, I've I, never seen it on a big screen, actually. No. Yeah, I saw it as soon as it was available on VHS, and I could get away with retting it. Okay, okay, because you are really, it would be correct to say, the Halloween fanboy, aren't you? Yes, I am the Halloween fanboy, and complete apologist for the Halloween series. Yeah. This is a, this is a classic example of how things go from, you know, drinking out of the skulls of your enemies to what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, let's be honest, right? Mm. Okay. <laughs> let's be honest. When we get to those later films, we're, <laughs> we're going to have some discussions. <laughs> I think we might. We're going to have some discussions. I think we're going to have a bit of a, an Amityville 2 discussion on our hands at some a certain point. Yes. Yes, we will. I think we will. But I don't think we will with this first one. No, I don't I don't think we'll either. I think we'll be in agreement with this one. Yeah. I'm going to say, when it comes to Halloween, I don't have an affection for it. Why is that? And I don't know why. I saw this film in the 80s when it was on telly. I was probably about 10, something like that. But it never resonated with me the way that Friday the 13th did or Nightmare on Elm Street did. Okay. I don't know why. Um, I can't remember whether I saw this one or Halloween 3 first. I think it was this one. But no, I always thought Halloween was very po-faced, very serious. 
And I know the first films in franchises normally are, but as the franchise goes on, it's still just as, as serious, isn't it? I guess I always thought this was quite boring. Really? Yes. But hear me out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, as I've gotten older and I've gotten to appreciate film as an art form, and I hope that doesn't sound too wanky, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, I've got to see how films are made and what directors are trying to do and all that sort of stuff. I have, I have come to really, really like Halloween. Um, and I guess looking back when I was young, I love Friday the 13th. I like the gore and all the blood and guts and tits and all that, which Halloween okay. doesn't really have. Oh, there's very little blood in it, if any. And, but it does, we do get a view of PJ Souls's yeah. lovely, lovely rack. PJ Titsy's Souls. Oh no, the other way around. Yes. Yes. Yeah, something like that. But yeah. yes. But yeah, but see, Halloween, I always thought was just a little bit too, and a lot of people I know used to really love Halloween, and I was like, well, no, I think you're just saying that I don't think it's as good as Friday the 13th, I don't think it's as good as Nightmare on Street, blah, blah, blah. Looking at it now, I think the first time I saw it on DVD probably made a difference, because I think you could see a lot more things that you couldn't see on the VHS, you know, like Michael Myers and Shadow and all that sort of stuff. Right, 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 right. And obviously right, now gotcha. we've, got, we've got Blu-ray and you can see even more. Yes, I think as a technical piece of work, I think it's up there with Jaws and Psycho. It's one of those films that is, you know, quote-unquote perfect filmmaking. Yes. And on that level, I, I would give it top marks. I don't have that initial woo that I get out of Friday the 13th. Okay, okay. If you know what I mean. I, I do, I do. I have the initial woohoo yeah. for this one. And, and I guess also, so I've seen this film loads, so I guess maybe just watching it too many times probably doesn't help either. I, you know, I, I think so. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, and, and I talked to you a little bit about the, the reticence of doing Halloween, and part of it is because I just went through all, what is it, eight movies? Uh, well, the original run you've got. Eight movies, yeah, haven't you? Ten movies. I, I just went through all ten movies because mm. uh, I was kind of following along with uh, our old friends over at um, Podcast Under the Stairs. Oh, of course, yes. Right, right. Baz v. Baz v. Horror. Yeah, right? Baz watched uh, them as well. Yeah. Yeah, or excuse me, it was Baz v. Michael Myers. Ah, there's a there's a matchup. <laughs> there's a Saturday Night Live fight, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> God. I was actually uh, re-listening to some, re-listening to that show a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of trying to get in the Halloween mood and listen to Baz obsess about nurse, nurse, uh, nurse characters. Just had me in stitches. <laughs> just had me in stitches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I think the standout thing for me in this movie, well, one of them is the freaking soundtrack, and that's what oh, got yes. me. That's what got me when I first watched it was, holy shit, the soundtrack is like, holy crap. Actually, my ringtone on my mobile phone is the Halloween thing. Uh, mine used to be. Then I had to get a new phone. I just haven't been, you know, couldn't have been arsed to uh, put it back on. But uh, I got a similar experience. And this is how I first started noticing directors and whatnot, is I actually saw the thing in the movie theaters. Yeah. And I went, holy shit, the thing that got me was a damn soundtrack i mean in a movie theater it was oh my god awesome and hey wait a minute this guy did halloween Ooh, hey wait a minute he did these other movies Ooh, you know so it was uh it was the soundtrack that got me for that movie i think that's quite important actually because john carpenter i mean he insisted that he have his name 
on all of his films. So it was always John Carpenter's Halloween, John Carpenter's The Thing, John Carpenter's The Fog, all that sort of stuff. And again, I know you're a big John Carpenter fanboy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, See, yeah. to me, I was always a fan in that era. I was always a fan of Wes Craven. Okay. And I openly admit, you know, I don't think Wes Craven is as consistently brilliant a director as John Carpenter was. Again, I can look back at that run of John Carpenter's films from Halloween right through to, to They Live, I think, you know, and he batted out of the park on all of them, I think. I think so, Jim. Yeah, there's a real consistency. And again, I think maybe not when you're younger, when you're older and you start looking at these things as pieces of work. Yeah, I mean, he he got it bang right first time. People often say things like Black Christmas are the first slasher film or even go back to Psycho and, you know, they play into it. But I think Halloween is the first slasher film. To me, that's the starting point. It brings all the elements together yeah. that we consider a slasher film. Yeah, it, it defined what we know as the slasher film. And I think, you know, Friday the 13th would bring the gore in a couple of years later. Uh, and so that a lot of, you know, that gets sort of called the template quite a lot but i think halloween is the first one where the masked killer the silent killer you know the teenagers the the good girl survives that sort of thing you know all the all the yeah. tropes that we know now this was the first one that actually defined it and put it all together and halloween never didn't rely on on any gore aspects it relied on pure camera angles to capture a scare and i think that's well it's camera angles lighting the use of shadows the use of score yes it all came together and i I think to me that the killer move in this film is donald pleasance yes i think i originally peter cushing was was considered for the role and i believe christopher lee turned it down i don't know if either of them would have been but i'm cushing i can see certainly i think lee may have been a bit too intimidating i think you needed somebody who would you know, when you put him up against Michael Myers, he doesn't look like a physical threat. And I think Donald Pleasance encapsulates that. He's got authority. He shouts a lot. He, he knows what he's on about, but you know, he's not, he's not a big guy. He's not a physical guy. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, I think he was perfect in the role for that. He was, and he's, you know, kind of the crazy doctor of the trench coat kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Which was, which was, you know, they've always had kind of the kooky trench coat characters in the seventies. TVs and movies. I mean, he's the Ahab, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, look at Columbo. He's a he's a nutty, kooky, goofy character who, you know, ends mm. up always being right. And here we have Donald Pleasance in a trench coat, nutty, kooky, but he's ends up right. You know, that's right. Yeah. So it, I think it would have been interesting to see Peter Cushing do the role. I I could see it. I can certainly see it. I I can't. No, I, I can't. No, I can't do it. No. Okay. No, I can't. Or, or Christopher Lee either. Lee, I no. can't see. No, he. I, believe lee was asked and turned it down you know i i would think lee would have to approach it from the you know sherlock holmes perspective of you know proper englishman investigating you know knowing what we know about christopher lee i think he probably would have looked at it and seen that it was a modern gore or not gore film but a modern sort of slasher film and just thought no this isn't what i want to do yeah but uh yeah they got pleasance i believe most of their budget went on getting donald pleasance as well probably because hmm. they didn't have really you know i think it, I would imagine a lot of their budget went to Donald Pleasance plus the amount of contraptions that I'm sure Dean Cundy had to build to get yeah. the right shadows and the right lighting. Because that was, I mean, it made the movie. You throw that soundtrack in there and you're like, holy shit, these people know what they're doing. So what do you think about Jamie Lee Curtis? She's fine. She's fine. Uh, do you think she's like the ultimate screen queen? The ultimate final girl? Oh, boy. I never thought about it. Because she's often the the template when people talk about you know 
final girls and heroines in horror films, you always get Jamie Lee Curtis's name come up. I don't know about ultimate, but she she's certainly up there. She's the archetype for that sort of thing. Yes, that I would agree with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's not my favorite. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's you know, <laughs> you know, blindly stabbing with a knitting needle, great aim with the coat hanger. You know, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get onto that again in the next one because <laughs> I've got something to say about that. But <laughs> but yeah, I, ultimately, I mean. This is a very simple film. It's the masked killer returns to his hometown, uh, starts doing away with the babysitters, basically. Yep. Some great little jump scares. I love that bit. It's very famous where you've got the Jamie Lee Curtis in the foreground and you've got Michael Myers laying down in the background and he suddenly sits up. Yes. I mean, yes. You know it's going to happen, but it still works. It does. You still get that little, ooh, that's creepy. Yeah. At least I do. Watching this Actually, I didn't watch this other night. I watched Halloween 2 the other night, but they do play the uh, the end of Halloween 1 at the beginning. And you've got Loomis, who's got a revolver, and he he says, I fired six shots into him. He actually fires seven. Yeah, but then he can't say, I shot him six times. I shot him six times. I know, but also the revolver didn't hold, only hold six. He shoots him seven times. Well, you know, <laughs> I didn't count. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. That's just me being uh, nerdy. Anal retentive. And I love that sound effect when he falls out the balcony at the end and he hits the ground. It's that same effect that used to be in the Pink Panther cartoon. When someone falls, hits the floor, you got that. <laughs> I love that. And then there's the impression. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly the glass is all wet and there's a big impression in there. Like someone's drawn around his body. Yeah, I know. It's like something out of the naked like a... gun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favourite shot in... Halloween. The one that I always think of is there's a shot of the one of the houses, and I think Jamie Lee Curtis is looking out the window, and she sees Michael Myers just come out the front door and walk across the road. It's in shadow most of it. All you can make out. Is oh the yeah, house, yeah, yeah. But you you just yeah, see, yeah, yeah. you just suddenly see him walk out the dark. I love that shot. And like I said, when you watch it on DVD and Blu-ray, you get to see all this. I never noticed until I watched it on DVD first time that Michael Myers drives past them in the car when they're in town. Really? When they're in town. Yeah, in the, he in does. The, in the daylight. Yeah, he drive. I'd never noticed that. It was only till probably, when did I watch this on DVD? Probably about 10, 12 years ago. I just thought, oh, he's in the car. <laughs> did, did you notice that the window on the passenger side was whole again? Yeah. After he oh. cracked it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's those, those little touches. And I think that that is what's key to Halloween. I think it, there are subtleties that you have to watch it more than once to pick up on. Yes. And I yes. think that's what makes it such a, a, a well-put-together film. I, I don't know. For me, it's the shot where the girls are walking home from school. And he steps out from behind the hedge. He does. And mm. it's just – it's it's jarring and creepy. Mm. But again, I'm thinking about when I first saw that, when it was on telly, you couldn't make out that it was him. You just sort of basically saw a black blob move. So it's like, yes. what, what have they just seen? Have they seen somebody in a mask? Have they seen someone in a boiler suit? You can't make out what it was. Right, 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 right. There was a there was a parody <laughs> somewhere on YouTube where they they did a parody of Jamie Lee Curtis looking down at the laundry and seeing Michael Myers there. Oh yeah, yeah. And then look 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 away he was gone and she looked back and he was there or something like that. How they'd have to really do it in real life. They <laughs> showed Michael Michael Myers running around. It was just it was <laughs> it was it was stupid funny. Yeah, I think I think you have to suspend disbelief on a few of these things. Well, yeah. How the hell does he learn how to drive? Well, yeah, that's always been a popular one. He's been in prison since he was six. 
I know. He just jumps in there and hauls ass. They've obviously got some sort of a good rehabilitation program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and that, talking about uh, you know parody, that's the other thing, of course, is that Halloween has been parodied to death. So when you actually go back to the source material, it can be quite surprising how effective it actually is. Yes. And and he always kind of remains scary, like like Jason does. I mean, Jason kind of is always scary, whereas... Yeah, but J- Jason had a motive. We knew what Jason's yeah. motive was, but you never do with Where, Michael Myers. It, true. Whereas uh, Freddy Krueger became um, kind of like the family sitcom funny guy. Yeah. And, and uh, I guess I call that the kiss effect. I mean, there was a time when kiss was edgy in the early 70s, and then they became a family affair, and it just yeah. kind of... You know, it went downhill from there. Once the disco hit and they started being family friendly. Oh, God almighty. I was made for loving you and all that stuff. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's just embarrassing. Made for you. <laughs> God help us. Yes, yes. Okay. Anything else to add on Halloween? No, I don't think so. No, I, th- I think it's pretty much a, a, a foregone conclusion. Um, I would recommend, if you can, pick up the 35-year anniversary Blu-ray. Yes, that's the one that I have because it comes in the Screen Factory Anchor Bay compilation. That's the uh, disc you get. Okay, um, well, over here it was released as a steelbook. I don't know if you got that in the U.S. No, we got it as a – they did weird things here. They did like these hardback booklet releases almost. Okay. And that's how it got released here. Because Halloween, the whole series – it has not been well served over here on Blu-ray. We haven't got the... Uh, you guys didn't get it? We haven't got the box set like you've got over there. Oh, really? Yeah, I've got them all on Blu-ray, but they're all from different companies on different editions. The, um, there's two versions over here. There's uh, You get a um, cheaper all 10-disc movies, you know? Yeah. And, and then you can get the more expensive version, which is the one I have, yeah. with individual cases for each movie plus a little booklet. Okay, yeah, see, we didn't get that over here. So unless you've got a a Blu-ray player that plays US, we can't can't get one. I think even DVD, I think there are some out out of print DVD box sets that have got them all in. Oh, really? Yes, out of print, go for a lot of money. What else have we got? I've got a box set that's got Halloween's 1 to 5 in. Okay, okay. On DVD. I've also got the 25 Years of Terror DVD, which comes with the documentary. Have you seen that one? Yes. Yeah, I've got that. I've also got another DVD of it that comes with the TV version, which has got an extra couple of scenes in it. Okay. Uh, I've also got the standard UK Blu-ray, which uh, is pretty much just a standard Blu-ray conversion. And I've got the 35-year anniversary disc. Okay, very cool. Well, I've got that as a review disc. I didn't get the steelbook packaging, unfortunately. Oh, man. Yeah, it, I should have I should have nabbed one. There was a period when I think Amazon were knocking out the steelbook for like seven ninety nine, and I didn't oh, get it. Oh, don't you hate that? Yeah, now they put. It, I think you can get one for less than twenty quid, but it's still sort of like sixteen, seventeen quid. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I've got yep, the disc, yep, yep. so I have because I reviewed it. It's my my full written review is on Ancient Slumber actually. But uh, yeah, get that version oh, very because cool. it is the picture quality is different to the standard UK version. You know, a lot of what was dark blue in that version is now black in this version, as it should be. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's a lot better. Interesting. But yeah, but it's Halloween. It's readily available on pretty much all formats. It's on telly quite often still. Yeah. So what are you giving it, Myron? As if I need to ask. You don't need to ask. I'm giving it a five. Yeah, I'm going to give it a five as well. Like I said, I don't have the emotional attachment to it, but. I think on a technical level, it's pretty damn near perfect. 
Cool. Yep. Excellent. No, no mucking around with that one. Halloween 2. Might change now, though. Halloween 2. Let's play a trailer. I shot him six times. I shot him in the heart. He's not human. Universal Pictures presents Halloween 2. More of the night he came home. Who is it? Nothing within him, neither conscience nor reason, that wasn't even remotely human. <laughs> Some kind of a joke? I've been trigger treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. <laughs> Janet, go tell Mr. Garrett we're having trouble with the fellows. There is no place to hide. He will always find you. What's this? It's a Celtic word. It means the Lord of the Dead. Directed by Rick Rosenthal, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Pleasance, Charles Cyphers, Jeffrey Kramer, Lance Guest, Dick Warlock, Tawny Moya, and Leo Rossi. <laughs> Sorry, did I say something funny? Dick Warlock. I oh, know, it's a great name, isn't it? He's a stuntman. <laughs> oh, it's like. You know, Dick Pound and all those other just phenomenal names. Dick Warlock. I mean, think about CCH that for a minute. Pounder. <laughs> Dick Warlock. Making his way to center ring. Dick Warlock versus CCH Pounder. Let's get ready to rumble. That'd be brilliant. I'll pay to Well, see except it. for CCH Pounder's a girl. So? Sexist? <laughs> God. Does that mean she can't hit somebody? Oh, sweet baby Jesus, here we go. Go on then, synopsis. Um, continued from Halloween night, Michael Myers isn't finished. <laughs> yep, that's about it. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Hey, right, isn't that the synopsis? Yeah, basically, it's more of the night he came home. Yes. So, yes. we pick up exactly where we left off. I saw this in a theater. Okay. This one I did see in the theater, and it was creepy as hell in the movie theater. Was it? It was. Wow. Yep, yep. 
Yes, it does pick up. It loops in the fr- last few minutes of Halloween, mm-hmm. and then it, it goes from there. This is where we get that, because we don't see the impression in the grass in the first Halloween, but we get down level. I think you get a very brief shot from up above, but yeah, it's not, yes, it's yeah. not the same. But the, yeah. <laughs> this one, we get the full-on you know, Wile E. Coyote impression in the ground. Yes. <laughs> 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 And here is where Donald Pleasance goes full on tilt. Oh, he's great in this film. Yeah, yeah. this is yeah. because he, he shoots him six times. <laughs> uh, this one has my favorite line in the whole series. Oh, God, what is that? Is that when the guy comes out of his house and says, I've been trick or treated to death. And he says, you don't know what death is. And just walks off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Brilliantly deadpan. <laughs> It's the way he says it, and he gives him that look and just turns around and walks off. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic, yeah. That could have come straight out of a comedy show. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so what do we have? We have Jamie Lee Curtis is taken to a local... Hospital where they try and remove her wig, but they can't. Yes, hospital where... And I use that in quotes because it's like the deadest hospital I've ever seen. There's like... (laughs) You know, one nurse there and the two paramedics. Is it one that's been closed down and no one's told them? (laughs) Kind of looks like it, doesn't it? (laughs) It's got like it's got like ten rooms. Yeah, you know that the doctor looks like he just you know rolled out from an all night drinking binge. Yeah, they've got the doctor in from the pub. He's a bit he's a bit narked. He's halfway through a pint. They just called last orders. <laughs> exactly. And he was he had, he was next oh. to go on the pool table when they pulled him away. And he's oh damn, oh right, what's going on? Let's look at these people. Because he looks at Jamie Lee Curtis, decides that she needs to stay in because her wig is isn't going anywhere. It's eating into her brain. Lance Guest appears, and I'm going to have to disagree with Amanda on Twitter. Uh, I can't. I don't see why Lance Guest is so hot in this. He just looks like a nerd. I don't get it. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh yeah. And and really you know really what I think in this movie is that doctor's gonna have to pull the razor blade out of that poor kid's mouth. Oh yeah, shit. yeah. It's trouble. <laughs> oh I forgot about that. Yeah, there's that little kid with the razor blade in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Oh, he, that doctor's in for a shit night, you know what God. I read... <laughs> if if anybody wants a detailed analysis of the nurses or the razor blade kid. I refer you to podcast under the stairs, the episode where the Baz <laughs> v Michael Myers one, two, and three. In the review of number two, Baz will give you what can only be described as the best take on the kid with the razor blade and the nurses in the movie. <laughs> it is, yeah, it, it is, it is, it is the worth best. it. It is worth yeah. a listen. So yeah, so Laurie, as she's called played by Jamie Lee Curtis, is in hospital after the events of the night before, or the same night, sorry. Michael Myers is still on the loose. Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance, is still running around shooting him six times in a in a revolver that holds seven, which I've never heard of. Yeah, it all kicks off again. It does. So, you saw this in theatres. Yes. I didn't see this in theatres. This was actually... Uh, I didn't see this one till very, very late, till the 90s. Okay. It just wasn't available. It wasn't available in any of the shops where I was, where I lived. It wasn't, none of the video shops had this one. I never saw it on telly. I don't think it was on telly, not that I remember. Yeah, I didn't see this till the early 90s. I believe 
I think my sister's then boyfriend picked up a video copy of it and just left it around our house. And I think I just sat and watched it then. Okay. Again, it was a VHS copy, so a lot of the shadow effects and things like that didn't really make much sense on VHS. Um, I've got to say, I'm not that struck on this one. This is probably the one I've seen the least out of the whole series. Really? Yeah. I think it's fine, but I've always thought that Halloween is a film that doesn't need a sequel. It didn't need a sequel, yeah. so you know yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. quite happy to write the rest of them off and say that's it. I just like the first one, but I'm not going to do that. But for this one, <laughs> I think it's fine. I rewatched it the other night. It's a, it's I. What do you reckon if if John Carpenter had returned to direct? Do you think it would be a little bit more snappy? I think so. Yeah, I mean, he just he just produced it. Him and his. I, I think it was his wife or soon to be ex-wife at the time, Deborah Hill. Yeah, well, they wrote it, and uh, he's done as a producer as well. Yeah, yeah. I, it's got weird. It's got weird parts in it that come out of nowhere and really have I don't know fuck all to do with the movie. Yeah, it's what, got like what weird, the hell were go on. what were they doing in the school? Oh, and it's got Sam Hain written on the wall it, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. what the hell is that shit come yeah. from? Yeah, it it, it feels like. The sequel was going to be made. No, They've that gone... was that was a, that was a real question. That wasn't a rhetorical. Where the hell did it come from? Why did they write Sam Hain? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, seriously, does it have it? Have I missed something in all my years of seeing this? No, does it, it have anything it, to do with the movie? It does come. I mean, it, with hindsight, when you look at where the sequels would go with sort of part six, okay, you could tie it in there. But yes, they went they yes. went nowhere with it then as well. So. Yeah, it seems to me they had an idea. That was not for lack of trying. They were going to make the sequel anyway. They went to John Carpenter. He gave his ideas. I mean, he's even himself said that he struggled to come up with a cohesive story. It is. It feels forced. It's weird timing. This film. It's. It's like the beginning bit when they're carrying on from the when they're out on the streets and all that, and they're looking for Michael Myers. That bits are quite like. There's a bit of an excitement, a bit of an edge to it then. As soon as they get right. to the hospital, it just to me it just stops. It 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 does slow way down for sure. Mm, yeah, and they spend way too long on things like watching Jamie Lee crawl, Jamie Lee Curtis crawl from room to room. <laughs> it's like, we get the point, but the camera's just on her watching her crawl, and it's like you're losing all your momentum here. So then, when right. you when you do switch to another scene, you've got to try and remember what was happening elsewhere in the film. Right. It right, just doesn't right. feel like there's an energy to it. It, it's one of those movies where you watch it the first few times, you're like, holy shit, this is really good. But on subsequent viewings, it gets harder and harder to buy into it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's still a good movie to me. I still love it. But it just, it's like harder and harder to overlook things. And I keep going back to the, what the hell were they doing in the school? And, you know, but it, you know, it it did. It moved out. It moved okay when they stayed away from the hospital. You got the old lady and the ham sandwich. Oh yeah. God, yeah. you, you know, you got the the. <laughs> you don't know what real death is. Oh, you know, they yeah. got a lot of those. They got a lot of those great shots. You know, and yeah, there are moments. Got, but I think if they you... got they they got the great shot of the seventeen year old getting t boned and oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just bad shit crazy. But if you, you took know. all of those good bits, and most of those are in the first third of the film right if you took those bits and just extended the first film you wouldn't need the rest of halloween too would you no no you wouldn't no it just and how and how that how the hell are you going to get an autopsy run 
on Halloween night. Well, no, there's, there's no other it's... fucker in that hospital, but yet they can call on someone to do an autopsy. They haven't even got, we a, got a pathologist. There's no one on bloody reception, yet they've got no. autopsies. No. <laughs> you know, the other doctor's half in the bag, but they got, you know, the, the pathologist who comes in, you know, like he just slept 20 hours. Mm. Fastest dental record review at night ever <laughs> on on a public holiday. On a Halloween, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just think about that, right? Yeah. Holy shit! But the bit that always gets me, and this is the bit I can't get past, and it's no matter how many shit grindhouse nude nuns with big guns films I watch, this is the bit that can't get me is when it's the final scene. You've got Loomis, Jamie Lee Curtis, or Laurie Strode, sorry, and Michael Myers in the same room together. Yes. Laurie Strode picks up a gun, fires, <laughs> fires two shots, and each bullet goes exactly in Michael Myers' eyes. Yes. Yes. And, yes. And I, I didn't do it, but I should have calculated how many shots uh, Loomis fired before he fired them two, because we know he's got a revolver that doesn't need reloading very often. But I, yeah, she picks up a gun. Bear in mind there's a kick on those revolvers, you know. We're not talking about water pistol. Yeah. She just picks it up casually, goes bang, bang. One bullet in one eye, one bullet in the other eye. Fantastic. Dead shot. She <laughs> should be in a competition for that sort of shooting. Yep. So she runs out. Mm-hmm. Loomis pops the lighter that he borrowed from what the cop that? because what the cop was gave that the red. What was that gas? Oxygen. Is oxygen flammable like that? In that env- environment, probably. But you got to be careful because you, you know, yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. They also had a little port that said Ether 2, and that's horrifically flammable. Oh, I suppose, I suppose. Hell of an explosion, though, as well, wasn't it? It was. But miraculously, Big Donnie P don't makes an appearance in another movie. Oh, don't, no, 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 we'll get there next time. Don't worry. Don't spoil it. <laughs> With his little... Spoil it! <laughs> his little yeah. stick-on rubber scar for such a huge explosion. <laughs> He's got a bit of turkey skin stuck to the side of his head. Yeah. We'll we'll get there next show. Don't worry about that. Oh, God help me. Yeah. But let's pretend that film doesn't exist for a minute. Let's just go with Halloween 2. Yes. I like the fact that, yes, you know, by this time, Friday the 13th had come out. I think Friday the 13th Part 2 came out the same year. So I think John Carter himself says, you know, the game was getting up. You needed more gore to compete. Right. So, right. I, yeah, I like Michael Myers needed to go out in a sort of gruesomely bloody fashion, which he sort of does. But the fact that you've got crack shot Jamie Lee Curtis with her two bullets. <laughs> oh, wouldn't you have liked Michael Myers to have gone, my eyes, my eyes. <laughs> and the mask. Doesn't the mask look different? Oh, there. Yes. Yes. I believe does. the mask is actually different in every film. I think I'd be right in saying that. That would make sense. Yeah. I think you are. Yeah. I, I think you are right. Uh, with maybe the exception of the two Rob Zombie So what films. was your, yeah. what is your, what is your favorite? Well, but in the second Rob Zombie one. He doesn't really have it that much, does he? Yes. Yes, he yeah. doesn't. Which yeah. is a whole other to do, but. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What, what's your favorite shot in this movie? I don't really have a favorite shot in this film. Okay. I love that line, but you don't know what death is. So I'm going to say that. That's my favourite bit. Cause I suppose the way Loomis looks at the guy is, uh, is funny. Classic Sam Loomis right there. Yeah. They have a shot where they have a red stoplight. Hmm. And when you blink 
the red stoplight is then behind Michael Myers' face, you know, the, kind of the red light. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. shot, when I, when, I, when I saw it in the theater, holy shit, I pissed myself. Mm. It scared the crap out of me. And love that shot. Yeah, um, just like, there are little bits in here. You know, that's good. Oh, that's good. Um, and I don't think yeah. it's a, I don't think it's a bad film at all. But I just I guess Halloween set the bar quite high. And again, you had two Friday the Thirteenth films as well. I just right, think right, right. This feels a little bit desperate in places. A little bit like we need to rush out a sequel to compete with Friday the Thirteenth. And I just think it's fine. It's not great. We have entered the era of the sequels. Yeah, we're in the franchise territory now that's yeah 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 go on then what are you going to score it 4.5 really i love this movie i have got problems with this movie out the yipty but i still love it and i think it's probably more nostalgia than quality on this one for me okay well yeah i understand that yeah but uh yeah yeah 4.5 okay i'm gonna go with a three all right I, I think I mean, um, when you put it up against the rest of the sequels, it is it, it's better than most of them. I would say all of them. Well, now, and we're going to have to define sequels here because we can't really call the last two sequels. So if we put this up against the, the rest of the sequels, the original, the through, original sequels. Yes. Yeah. Not the not the Rob Zombie. We'll keep them separate for the moment. Yeah, we 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 have to because I mean, those were. You know, reboots or reimagines. Yeah, they're their own thing. So uh, yes, although I will include them in the same thing when we do our uh, final. Yes, yeah, round up. yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as you know, the films in this canon are concerned. That's what we'll talk about. We'll keep them separate. So yeah, I think you know, to me, it's better than some of the late, the later sequels. Not as good as some of the others. It's a fairly middle film. I don't think it's great, so I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Yeah, if you're going to watch one, watch it. But yeah. It's not brilliant. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Again, the fact that I probably saw parts four and five before I saw this. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, I've got things to say about them. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right then. Should we move on to the next one? Yes. Oh, we'll have some fun now. Right. Let's play a trailer. about Halloween. Halloween. The barriers will be down between the real and the unreal. And the dead might be looking in. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red. Halloween. You happen to know anything about this Cochran? All I can tell you, mister, is watch out. He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Hey, Mr. Cochran, just what is the final process? Fellas, I was just kidding. Witchcraft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. 
Where are they taking her? They're taking her to the factory. I want a mask. Can I have a mask? Uh, just what I had in mind for you, little buddy. Why, Cockers? Why? Do I need a reason? I've got nothing here to indicate there was ever a body at all. Operator, this is an emergency. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. You've got to believe me. They're going to kill us. All of us. Stop it. Halloween. The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. Happy Halloween. Stop it! Halloween 3. Season of the Witch. The night no one comes home. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, from 1982, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, starring Tom Atkins, Stacey Nelkin, Dan O'Hurley, Michael Curry, Garn Stevens, Nancy Keys, and Jonathan Terry. Right, give us a plot synopsis. Evil Halloween Company wants to take over the world. Where's Michael Myers? There is no Michael Myers. There is, it's on the telly in one of the shots. What? In one of the scenes, one of the kids is watching Halloween. Yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. So there is a Michael Myers. Yeah, there is a Michael Myers. <laughs> but he's not, the, he's not the focus in this one. That's tenuous at best. It is. Tenuous at best. The focus in this movie is Tom Atkins' mustache. Oh, Tom Atkins. We'll, we'll get to Tom Atkins in a minute. But yeah, John Carpenter was not as involved in this. I think he was a producer on this one. This is where the Halloween... This is the bastard offspring of the Halloween series, isn't it? This is the one a lot of people have a problem with because it's nothing to do with Michael Myers. Yes. So we've got a toy company who make masks, rubber masks. Here's a uh, here's a uh, question for you. Oh, go on in. What is the, the one constant through all of the original Halloween movies? The score. No. No. Uh, mm, the producer, Mustafa Rakad. Yes. Well, or his family. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The Akkad family is the only constant through all these movies that I could ever find. Yes. Started out with Mustafa and then it passed on to his families after after he, you know, passed away. He passed away in nine eleven, didn't he? I believe. I think so. And think ironically, so. it's the eleventh of September today. Oh, there it he is. goes. Ooh. It is. Well, maybe not after he passed away, but it's certainly after he retired. I think yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure. I may be wrong, I'm sure yeah, sure I read that. Anyway. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. This is where the series took a turn. Michael Myers is not involved. And the idea was to make the Halloween series a series of individual horror stories. Each next film will be a different story. Yep, yep. You know, even though they've done two on Michael Myers, but there you go. Which always sort of bothered me why they would do two on Michael Myers, then go to another one, and then claim it's the same series. But there you go. So yeah, in this one, we've got Tom Atkins, your poor man's Tom Selleck. That's very cruel. I love Tom Atkins. I'd rather watch Tom Atkins than Tom Selleck, to be honest. <laughs> Not my favourite Tom Atkins role, though. That's still Night of the Creeps. Gotcha. Oh, fantastic. Yep, Tom Atkins plays the a, a doctor called Daniel Chalice, who is who loves a drink and doesn't <laughs> love his ex-wife. <laughs> but to be fair, she's not exactly the most forgiving character in this whole thing. I can see why he doesn't like her that much. She's a bit of a bitch. 
Well, I I think he's got his own transgressions with younger women too, doesn't he? I think he does. Yeah. yeah. But Daniel Chalice, he gets involved in a story where somebody's rushed into his hospital who has been uh, very badly attacked, and he does a bit of investigating. He ends up in a small town where a factory makes Halloween masks. The Silver Shamrock Factory. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, God help me. Yeah, and this company, Silver Shamrock, is run by an, an Irish fella called Connell Cochran, played by Dan O'Hurley. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. He's concocted a plan where he he wants all the children to wear a silver shamrock mask at a certain time on a certain day because the advert on the telly will trigger a mechanism which turns their heads to mush. Now, the big problem with this film. Why? Nobody ever knows. No one knows. <laughs> What's his problem? With the kids of the world. Yeah. Connell Cochran wants to kill all the kids in the world. He never really explains why. <laughs> he just wants to. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it, it's a little bit... And we've got some of the original men in black in this movie, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. They, they're, they're in black suits, black sunglasses. They drive black cars. <laughs> yeah, he goes a little bit Bond villain at the end, and he sort of ties up Tom Atkins and relays out the whole plot to him, except for the... <laughs> Except for the actual main plot of why he's doing what he's doing. I know. <laughs> he can't take over the world after he's done this. I mean, yeah. But for some reason, even, he wants to kill all the kids. Even Blofeld wanted to, you know, rule the world. At least Blofeld had a point. <laughs> he had an end game that he, there was a reason why. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's a very odd thing, this film. I'll say about Count the Gate now. I love this film. I think it's great. <laughs> Me too. It's awesome. I don't care what anybody says. It's, I mean, in reality, it, it feels like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Yeah. <laughs> and I can understand people not getting on board with it, but it's, I don't know, it's so much fun. It is. It is so much fun. Tom Atkins is fantastic because he doesn't know what's going on. No one knows what's going on. <laughs> But he's he's not adverse to to porking the the young ones while he's doing it. So yeah, um, and I don't know how many doctors normally get involved in murder investigations like this. <laughs> My doctor doesn't. There's Quincy, I suppose. Yes. So, so he's sort of a doctor doubling up as a detective. <laughs> he goes to this town. It's a great oh. setting. I love this small town. Um, I don't know if it's the sort of places that exist in real life. I'm sure they do, but. It's a town that's built around this one factory where everybody's employed. You know, there's a curfew on the town. Nobody's allowed out after, is it nine o'clock or something? Eight o'clock, nine o'clock? I, I, I don't know, but that's where the men in black come out. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not really, oh God, yeah. It is bonkers. It is a bonkers <clears throat> film. It always reminds me of the, uh, the Innsmouth town in H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know. Yeah, that's good call, yeah. <laughs> it's great stuff. It really and how is. he's and how he powers the little badges on the back of the Halloween mask is. <laughs> I I, I don't though, know. Even though you can pull them apart with a hair clip. Yes, I don't know what they were smoking when they came up with this idea, but they should have shared it with the world. I believe it went through a couple of scripts as well. I do believe. Uh, what's the chap's name? Matheson. Uh, did Richard Matheson come up with an idea contribution to this? I'm sure. I he read probably that did. 
Yeah, I think it went through a few script changes as well. Um, it does feel a little bit incomplete. Like, yeah, you've got this story, but you haven't got a, a reason why it's actually happening. But yeah, it's so interesting. I saw this in the 80s on video and it was also on telly because you only ever got Halloween 1 or 3 on telly. They wouldn't, for some reason, you never got Halloween 2. I don't know why. I can't remember whether I saw this or the Halloween 1 first. But, uh, yeah, I loved it. I will rewatch this film to death. I've seen it so many times over the years and I don't get bored of it. <laughs> I've got it on blue. I picked up a, uh, an American Blu-ray actually, but it's region free. Oh, okay. Okay. Same as Halloween 2. I've got both of those. I've got American editions that are region free. Um, you can pick them up on Amazon fairly cheap. Uh, it does look pretty good on Blu-ray because uh, the U, there are versions of it that are cut, the UK DVD. Um, you know the scene where she, the woman picks apart the badge and gets that electric shock? Yes. And you see her face all mangled up. Uh, on yes. some versions on DVD, uh, that bit's cut out. Really? Yes. And I believe that was the TV cut over here. When they showed it on telly, that was the bit they always cut out. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. I also believe there is a DVD version in the UK with a commentary from Kim Newman, which I'm desperate to hear. I don't know if my version's got that, actually, because I've got that box set. So Interesting. I might, I might have a listen for that. Kim Newman. Oh yes, love a bit of Kim Newman. But um, yeah, not a lot else to say really. It is, it's it, like I say, it's an, it's an episode of the Twilight Zone, just stretched out a little bit longer. Could you believe that this took place in the same universe as the Michael Myers story? No, I don't no, think so. No, it's interesting actually when you have a film like this that is sort of universally hated when it comes out, but yet over time people warm to it. And I think something like Honor Majesty's Secret Service suffers the same thing as well. Because I can remember yes. being a kid and that was the one everybody hated because it wasn't Sean Connor and it wasn't Roger Moore and all this sort of stuff. But now it sort of gets reappraised and people really like it. And uh, I think this is the same thing. It absolutely is. That is a perfect analogy. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, it's not the same as the other Halloween films, but I still think it's better than most of the Halloween films. It. Um... <laughs> How did they figure out that if you you know, get parts of Stonehenge. Do they move all of Stonehenge or just one or two parts? That's a fucking lot of work, I tell you. How are you going to yeah, nick... They... How can you nick Stonehenge without <laughs> anyone noticing? How are you going to get it across to America? <laughs> I don't know. But they did, didn't they? What freight company are you using? How'd you get but it out of they... the UK port? Uh, then they line it up and hit it with the moon or some shit. Laser beams were bouncing everywhere. It was just great fun. I don't care what anybody says. It's a great fun film, but yeah, don't yep. get into it too much. I mean, God, no, don't. Stonehenge is quite away from the sea, so you've got to get it from Stonehenge to the port, then across to America. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> get it into the American ports and get it to where... Yeah, it's a, yeah don't think about it. <laughs> exactly. But it's good stuff. It is good Absolutely stuff. It, it's good endlessly, stuff. it's endlessly rewatchable. Yep, it's quite well put together. It does feel very early eighties, so you have to have a few allowances here and there for some of the special effects. But apart from that, it's a good fun film, and I yep. heartily recommend it. It gets a three point five from me. Is that all? Wow, Chris. Yeah, yeah, because wow. I think I think it's yeah, it's fun more than it is technically good. It gets a four from me. A four? Well, that's high praise indeed. Well, I watch a lot of found footage, so let's well, be yeah. careful how we toss that around. Any of these films would be a four then compared to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. So there you go. That's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. 
I would say dissected, not really dissected, just discussed. That's right. You know, because part of the problem when you get into these these juggernaut franchises, yeah. everybody's dissected them. It's just yeah. like, oh, yeah. it, it's, you know, it's much more fun to just sit around, talk about them and laugh about them. Well, we're not academics, are we? We're not going to sit no. there and go into, you know, no. this, that and the other and the motives for doing this and the reason for no. doing that. You know, we, we enjoy it or we don't, you know, and we'll say why. That's about it. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, Halloween 3, it is one of those ones I will go back to and just watch because it's fun. And we'll always laugh, you know, laugh at uh, nude nuns with big guns. Always. Always. <laughs> that film will never not be oh, not, God. not boring. <laughs> no. It's just... I hope it's better than Nude for Satan. Uh, well, I haven't seen that, so I don't know. But I was bidding on one of them on eBay, actually, and I lost... <laughs> God, oh, give up after after you get to a quid or a pound. I think that was my highest bid, actually. There you go. It's, go expensive, it's expensive to get hold of if you want to buy it properly. It's about 20 quid. Oh, Jesus Christ. You do not pay 20 quid for that movie. Holy I'm not going crap. to. I'm not God going to. Almighty. But I do want to see it, but I'm not, I don't want to pay more than a two or three pound for it. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's yes. Including shipping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Uh, right. There's our first three Halloween films looked at. In the bin. In the bin. We will next show we will look at parts four, five, and six. Which may or may not be quite so positive. I don't know. <laughs> oh well what do you say we move into some feedback? Let's do some feedback. Okay, we've got three bits of feedback. Three bits? Wow. We've got three. You've got one to read out, I've got one to read out, and we've got Mr. Gore. Well, how about I do the reading first? Okay, who's yours from? Mine is from Amanda over at Made for TV Mayhem Podcast. I bet uh, bet she fancies everybody in this film. (laughs) We're going to find out, trust me. (laughs) It says, hi guys, I'm excited about your Halloween retrospective. Can fall be near? Probably not here in Texas, but a girl can dream. Well, it depends on Amanda where you live in Texas. If you lived like me on the Gulf Coast, there is no fall. In fact, you can mow your yard on Christmas Eve in shorts. Oh, but, really? you know, if you're up near the Panhandle, Amarillo, yeah, it'll, you'll be fall. I'm sure you're already going to cover what I say trivia-wise about these movies, so I'll just write brief notes on how the first two films have impacted my life. She's given us far too much credit for trivia, you know. <laughs> I know. Trivial. What about trivia? I, and God, I love Amanda, but brief notes with her are, you know, yeah. buckle in, folks. <laughs> okay, go on in. Like so many kids who grew up in the 80s, I first caught Halloween on television. Fairly early on, too. My friend down the street was one of the first people in our hood not only to own a VCR, but also have cable. Those, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We saw so many movies at a very young age, and I remember days at his house meant Jaws, Jaws 2, along with a few other films. I watched it all voraciously, except for Halloween. I remember he told me his mother had taped it and asked if I wanted to watch it after school. While Jaws and Jaws 2 were scary, I really wasn't prepared for anything like Halloween. I remember it was one of those beautifully bright days, but his house was very dark inside, and watching the movie with him, even a hint of a shadow really did a number on my brain. 
Uh, you know, man, I can, I can get behind that. Trust I, me. I can relate to a lot of this, actually. I've got yeah, yeah, watching Jaws yeah, exactly. and Halloween and all that around friends' house and all yep. that sort of stuff. Yeah, yep. yeah. I didn't really sleep for two nights. I remember my father staying up with me and reading comics to me until I fell asleep. Oh, look at that, a good dad. Looking <laughs> back, I'm not sure what the scariest thing I saw in the movie. It just felt like the whole thing was so serious and terrifying. Walking suburban streets in the daytime soon became dangerous. To this day, when I go running in the early hours and I see a creepy car, I always say, hey, jerk, speed kills. <laughs> it will be the end of me for sure. Nice knowing you guys, by the way. Well, always remember, go ahead and do the PJ Souls or the other characters statement. Say something like, God, can't you take a joke? <laughs> it had a very profound effect on me, and I still love every second of Halloween to this Good on you, Amanda. Amanda, we do too. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said in my Jaws feedback, I get that Halloween is a masterpiece, but I've seen Halloween 2 a hundred more times and just adore it. Sounds like someone else we know, Amanda. No, more me. Michael. Really? I thought you said that you saw Halloween 2 more. No, that's the one I've seen the least, I said. Oh, well, all right. Still good on you, man. Hmm. My, uh, more Michael, more violence. It just kind of has it all. I caught this one on television probably as a young teenager. And because I was exposed to the TV edit first, this is actually the version I prefer. Therefore, whenever I see it and Lance Guest doesn't make it to the end, I am sad. <laughs> poor poor Lance. I want him to die in every film. He's in. <laughs> there's, he didn't die in Jaws the Revenge either. Oh, God help. There's actually a fan theory based on the TV version that basically says Lance's character is the father of Jamie, who is Laurie's daughter in 4 and 5. Played by a young Danielle Harris. Yeah, I think that's probably uh, bollocks, actually, isn't it? Well, it's fan fiction. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's bollocks. But Amanda believes it. She says so right here. I believe well, it. Well, there you go. According to Guest, his character was originally supposed to live, but the powers that be thought it was better just to have Lori as the survivor. Now, I, and it's funny. We're going to talk about that little niggle when we hit into movie four. So is, is she the only survivor? <laughs> well, we're going to find out. We'll get there next time. Son of a bitch. <laughs> God almighty. That's it. Have another drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing well. Carry on. <laughs> Guest gave an audience the tidbit, although it might be well known, I'm not sure, at a Halloween 2 panel at Texas Frightmare earlier this year, which was really fun. I didn't know that Nancy Stevens, who plays Marion, was married to the director, Rick Rosenthal. IMDb says they met on Halloween 2, but I think he actually had an acting class, or she did, and they met there first. Anna Alicia, who plays Janet, was also in the class. Huh, interesting. Man, she's got more facts than we do. But you know what? If you ever listen to Amanda's show, mm-hmm. she has facts and trivia coming out the yipty who I don't know how she does it. <laughs> Because she prepares, unlike us. Fair play. Fair play. The production actually seemed like it was a lot of fun, and I think it came across in the film. It's just one of those movies I can watch on a loop. I'm a sucker for number twos in horror franchises. (laughs) Sad to say, sad to say, I really like Halloween 3, but have not seen it forever, so I can't add much except Tom Atkins is a god. Yeah. Looking forward to your thoughts. Take care, Amanda. Thank you so much, Amanda. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. Amanda. That great feedback, as always. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep. And you can catch Amanda and her podcasting partner, Dan, 
over at Made for Mayhem TV podcast. That was an ominous pause before Dan. Well, yeah, it was. I was <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. Cheap potato vodka. Let's move on. Yeah, right. Uh, I've got a bit of feedback here from <laughs> Kristen Hawes, and she says, "Hey guys, this is Kristen, aka Kiki Writes on Twitter." I have many feelings on the Halloween franchise, and I always feel compelled to share them. Unfortunately for you, you decided to cover these movies and encourage feedback, so you, really, you brought this rambling brain spill on yourselves. Well, thanks, Christine. <laughs> Very nice of you. Right. She says, Halloween is my favourite horror movie. It's a simple plot, killer terrorises babysitters on Halloween night, but it's so effectively done, the tension build, the score, how it's shot, the acting, it all comes together so well. The reveal of the shape after Laurie finds her friends murdered in the Wallace's house, the way that white mask slowly appears in the dark, is one of my favourite scenes. It's startling and creepy at the same time. Laurie is a resourceful, believable final girl. She may be a bit of a shy intellectual, but she'll stab you in the neck with a knitting needle, and I can relate to that. Yeah, I won't ask how. Uh, Listening to the shape breathe as we see all of the places he's been is a chilling touch on what would have been an otherwise okay ending. The movie isn't perfect, I know. I live in Illinois, I can point out every non-Illinois thing in this Illinois-set film, but the little nitpicks can't detract from a really great movie. I had the pleasure of seeing the movie on the big screen a few years ago, and it was fantastic. I bet it was. She continues... No kidding! Yeah. She continues... Halloween 2 slides straight into firm slasher sequel territory, picking up right where the first left off. Sure, it's problematic. Jamie Lee Curtis's hair is different because she had to wear a wig, but you expect Laurie's hair to look like shit. She's had a bad night. And oh, hey, by the way, Dr. Loomis, the patient you've been treating for decades has a sister. And hey, it's that lorry girl. Spoiler. (laughs) Sorry, nobody ever mentioned it to you. They also didn't mention how much medical expertise Michael Myers picked up as he capably drained a nurse of all of her blood. This is the one kill that, while visually neat, has always bugged me because it's just too technical and time-consuming for Michael Myers. He's a hypodermic needle in the eye kind of guy. Yeah, that's a good kill. But despite its issues, I like it quite a bit. It's fun watching Michael Myers creep around that hospital, seen as shadows and on security cameras, while Dr. Loomis and the police dick around town looking for him. And of course, Lance Guest is hot. So I don't get it. No, he's not. Right then. <laughs> it's taken me years to like Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I saw it for the first time as a kid, and it was an instant dislike. Maybe it was because there was no Michael Myers. Maybe it was because that scene with the kid's head melting in the pumpkin mask scarred me for life. Either way, I spent most of my time being snobby towards this film. However, in the past few years, thanks to my compulsion to watch all of the Halloween movies every October when they're on TV, I've decided that I don't actually hate it and it's not as bad as I thought it was. I appreciate what they were going for more now, even though I don't think they quite nailed it in the execution. But it's still got some great scenes. The aforementioned head melting, the lady getting her face blasted, the opening chase and subsequent murder of that poor guy, and the killer immolating himself. Tom Atkins yelling into the phone to shut off the commercials as one of them still plays is an effective ending. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the first three Halloween movies. Good luck getting that restraining order in time to stop me from commenting on the rest of the franchise. There you go. Thanks very much, Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. Yes. So, I think... We're all pretty unanimous on the first one, aren't we? Yeah, I think we all we all agreed. I think the only point of of uh, difference, really, with the the four of us, is we have some discussion of the hotness of Tom Atkins, or excuse me, Lance Guest. No, we don't. That's the manliest man you'll ever meet, Lance Guest. Yeah, I don't. That's get right. That. I don't get that. And, and I meant the Lance Guest. Yeah. 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 
Okay. Uh, brilliant. Right, we've got one more bit of feedback. Uh, it's from our good friend Gore over at uh, Trilogy of Terror podcast. So we'll play that and then uh, we'll come back with a comment. Hi, Chris and Myron. Gore Blimey here from Trilogy of Terror podcast with some thoughts on one of the films you're looking at this episode. I was a big fan of Halloween when it first came out on VHS and the same with Halloween too. So just like a lot of people, when Halloween 3 Season of the Witch turned up with no sign of a serial killer, I felt a bit cheated. I totally get why people took an instant dislike to it. Yes, I know there were plans for it to be a series of different movies, and that would have probably worked if they hadn't already had a direct part 2 sequel with the same main characters and story. So I wasn't an admirer of this third film back then, but I did wonder if I was being a bit unfair. Quite a few horror fans have said in recent years that they now think part 3 was badly underrated, that it's actually a good film. So after all this time, I thought I'd give it another go. OK, let's look at the good stuff. The score was okay, not as brilliant as the original Halloween in my view, but it builds and holds attention in the right places. I do like the lighting, which was really creative at times, and I thought the camera work was pretty good too. There aren't that many gruesome bits, but they're all done very effectively, showing just enough to give you no doubt about what's happening and shock you. The first killing in the hospital, the misfire death and the head pulling off, are especially disturbing. And I do like the downbeat ending. That, and the whole killing children thing, was quite a surprise. On to the negatives. Firstly, I'm not keen on the writing. It sometimes feels the dialogue is about moving the plot along, at the expense of sounding natural or plausible. Secondly, I found the pacing another issue. The third act is where all the action should be. The escaping, the chase, destroying the factory, getting attacked by an android, again and again. But for me, this felt like the slowest part of the film. It's building to a climax, so it shouldn't have been the bit I found hardest to stay interested in. Thirdly, there's that London Bridges falling down jingle. Every time that came on a TV screen, with that child's disembodied head wagging left and right to a completely different rhythm, I just wanted to scream, and you can't get it out of your head afterwards. It's the most annoying earworm ever. And fourthly, there are plot holes and improbabilities. Television stations cancel a paying TV commercial immediately after some raving bloke phones and tells them to. I can't prove it, you've got to believe me, he says. Dan goes out and buys a bottle of booze, even though it's after curfew and any shops would be shut. The baddies steal a massive five-ton rock from Stonehenge without anyone noticing and somehow get it into that basement, and so on. And speaking of Stonehenge bluestone with mystical powers being used for evil, didn't they do something similar in Troll 2? Finally, the film has quite a few amusing bits too. Buddy Kupfer's wife turns up at the factory dressed head to toe in frilly Edwardian lace, hair ribbons and overdone makeup, and I thought for a moment she was David Walliams in Little Britain. There's that whole guided tour of the factory sequence, during which the son in the comedy family cries out, I want a mask, I want that one, as if we're watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I was also amused by the woman in the motel, who gets into bed dressed like an end-of-the-pier fortune teller. On the other hand, having all the CCTV cameras everywhere would have seemed far-fetched at the time the film was made, but actually feels quite normal now. Looking back on Halloween 3, Season of the Witch after all these years, and viewing it as a film in its own right, I have to say I don't think it's an underrated classic. 
It's okay, it's not terrible, but it doesn't seem all that special either. It's slow in places it shouldn't be, the plot holes are distracting, and there are other films out there that are just more memorable. People often say having the word Halloween in front of the movie's title did it an injustice, and I do take their point. Me, though, I can't help thinking that without the Halloween title making people talk about it, this film would have just been forgotten about. Brilliant. Thanks, Gore. Thanks for that. He's not as hot on Halloween 3 as perhaps we are. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't think he necessarily dislikes it. No. But I, I, I will agree with him that that theme song, oh my God, you just you can't get out of your head after you watch the movie. Well, it, it's, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, but 30 years later, we're still talking about it. Fair play. There you go. Yeah, he made my <laughs> backed up a point I said as well that Halloween three was supposed to be like where the series branched off into different stories, but they'd already made a sequel to the first film anyway, so it felt a bit incongruous, I guess. So, have you watched Dead End Driving? I did. Bloody hell! Should we talk about it? Uh, do we have to? Yes, we do. Oh God! The good, the good people at Arrow want us to. You know, this is. Go ahead. You 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 give the specifics and. All I'm going to say is, God, I love the people at Arrow. I think the time that they take with releases is incredible. The product is top-notch. Yes, but – all right. I think I know where you're heading with this. Oh, God. <laughs> right. Okay. And it's not Arrow's fault. No. I mean, Arrow, Arrow did, a, did absolutely the product is top-notch. Before you carry on, let's play a trailer, and then I'll give you the specifics. Here now the news for July 4th, 1995. In the wake of widespread economic collapse, officials are reporting massive general strikes. In the 1970s, there was Clockwork Orange. Then in the 1980s came Mad Max and the Road Warrior. Now comes a startling new vision that takes you into the apocalypse and beyond. Back to the old drive-in you used to know and love. Only now, when the show is over, there is no way out. Dead end drive-in. Not getting through to you, am I, son? No cabs, no buses, no transport. So, you're here, you're here, you're here. Government decides what to do with you. Government, 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 government. This is your home. You can't tell me that I don't want to get out. Yeah, yeah. Even though they can't, son, there's no future. No future. Come with me. God, Jimmy, can't you see? This is all we've got. Get out of here. And don't you try and stop me again. Get out of the way. Hey! Like it or not. Dead end drive in. Right then, Dead End Drive In from 1986, directed by Brian Trenchard Smith, starring Ned Manning, Natalie McCurry, Peter Whitford, Wilbur Wilde, Dave Gibson, and Ollie Hall. Synopsis In the near future, a teenage couple is trapped in a drive-in theatre which has become a concentration camp for social outcasts. The inmates are treated to drugs, exploitation films, junk food and new wave music. What the fuck are they complaining about then? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. 
Right, yeah. Dead End Driving. Had you not seen this before? No. No. I have. I reviewed the Blu-ray. Uh, no, sorry. I reviewed the DVD that came out from Arrow a couple of years ago. Okay. My full written review is on ancientslumber.wordpress.com. So, yeah, but this occasion I'm talking about the Blu-ray that is coming out very shortly. How does the picture compare? Uh, much better. The picture quality is on it? this okay. Blu-ray. Yeah, you, the big noticeable difference. The clarity, it's still a little grainy, which is good, I think. Um, but the colours really stand out, especially that opening scene where he's jogging and you've got the orange sky in the background and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it really yeah, does. Arrow, Arrow really does a nice job with the pictures. Yeah, even, take if, even if the film's shit, they always do a good part. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm guessing from your comments that you didn't like this. No. No? Not one bit. Bloody hell. God, I'm like, I, my first thought when I when I started watching this is, Jesus Christ, Chris. Me? <laughs> I didn't make it. Yes. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> I just, oh my God. It was just I, yeah. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you. <laughs> Tell me one good thing about this movie. Um, one good thing, uh, Natalie McCurry's tits. Okay. I, you know what, when that came out of my mouth, I realized it. Give me another good thing about this movie. Um, the car stunts. The one at the end where he jumps over <laughs> through the sign, that was pretty good. I love this film. Um, that was, that was pretty good. Are you particularly well-versed in Ozploitation films? Not at all. No, right. I can probably see where... This may be the first Ozploitation film I've ever seen. Right, I can see where, why you might think that then. Okay. Do we consider Mad Max Ozploitation? Yes, yes. I've seen Mad Max. Well, Mad Max, is the, that's the transgressive one. That's the, the king of Ozploitation, if you like. Wh- which one? The first one or the second one? Uh, Both of them, really. Okay. Yeah, those because those are the ones that went mainstream and sort of brought Australia to the rest of the world, if you like. Okay. Dead End Driving sort of came at the end of the Ozploitation period. So what's the uh, what's the draw of the Ozploitation? It's it's weird. It's one of those things where when you tell people about it, you can't get across how much fun it is. Okay. I would recommend you watch a documentary called Not Quite Hollywood. Okay. It's from two thousand eight. And it details exploitation from the 60s up to present day. Um, there's a lot of Quentin Tarantino in it. You'll hear him talking about stuff. See, I love exploitation films. I've seen loads of them. And I read, I get it. And I think it's one of those things. Some people get it. Some people don't. You can't explain it. You, it's one that you watch it. You either say it's like you and your found footage. Because I just don't get that at all. Right, right, right. Yeah. Dead End Driving. It's... It looks fantastic, especially the Blu-ray. It is one of the better produced exploitation films I've seen. I agree that the acting isn't brilliant. Uh, there's probably not. But a you lot. know what? It's not horrible for the context of the movie either. No, that's it. And I think that's part of the charm of exploitation is that the, a lot of the films were cheap and tech. Like we look at grindhouse films from the seventies. You know, we look at them and think, well, that's the acting's terrible. That shot's terrible. But we still enjoy it. And exploitation is exactly that. Yeah. Okay. But I think if you went back and watched some of the films like Turkey Shoot, which which is the film that they're watching on the big screen when they first go into the driving. Okay. That was directed by Brian Trenchard-Smith, who also directed a couple of the Leprechaun films, if you remember. I do. I do. Start with that. There's other films like Man from Hong Kong, which has got George Lazenby in it. Okay. There is a rich history of exploitation films that once you're invested in it, they're, they're just so much fun. 
Uh, but yeah, not quite Hollywood, the documentary. That is what you need to see. That will clue you in. And then if you watch that and you think, oh, I want to see more, then there you go. It gives you a list of films you can uh, follow up on. Right, right. Cool. I'll look for that one. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, it's fairly cheap over here. You can get it for less than a fiver off Amazon. Okay. So it might okay. even might even be on one of the streaming services. I'm I'm sure it might be somewhere. I'll see if I can find it. And I think that I think that was it for me. So maybe I just didn't get it. Yeah. Because it's like I guess it's a lot of ways. It's like you know black exploitation here. Yeah, yeah. You get it, you get it or you don't. And if you don't get it, you don't, you're not going to like the movies, and that's okay. I mean, if you imagine somebody saying, if you imagine sitting someone down and putting on a horror film like, say, Martyrs, the original Martyrs, and then going, right. oh, I didn't like that, you can completely understand why. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And I think yep. this is a lot of what exploitation is that it just it doesn't resonate unless you're of that mindset. Right, right. But once you're so in, go- you're in. <laughs> I love this film because I think it's one of those things where you think, well, what would happen if I did go to the drive-in and they locked us in and we couldn't get out? Oh. He does try desperately to get out, and and I think there's a lot of subtext in this film because obviously by the time he gets to the end of the film, he sees a chance to escape, and he does. But his girlfriend Carmen, she wants to stay. She's been institutionalized, if you like. Yes, yes, she does want to stay, and she's like, no, I don't want to go back out to that world out there. I want to stay in here. Uh, so there's obviously a commentary there on sort of institutionalizing prisoners and things like that. The only thing I would say, watching it now. I think could be taken out or could be done better, rewritten, is the scene when the bus full of Asian prisoners turns up and the film suddenly turns a little bit uncomfortable. Yes, yes. A lot of this Asians out and there's a lot of, uh, there's like a racist undertone that comes in. I don't think it's deliberately racist on the part of the director or anything like that. I think he is trying to make a comment on, you know, well, institutional racism, I suppose. But um I think it's a little bit ham-fisted. Yes. It does. It's not. It changes the tone of the film. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it just feels it, a little it's, bit. It's it's very. I would say it's very eighties to, to do something like that. If it was written nowadays, that scene would be a lot more cleverly written, rather than you know sounding like someone down the pub who's got an opinion on foreigners, <laughs> which is what it comes across <laughs> as. Yeah, like Nigel yes. Farage. That's what it comes across yes. as. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it just feels very ham-fisted and not very well thought out. It brings that the film to a sort of a, a standstill before the final escape. And I think you could do away with a lot of that stuff and you, it wouldn't make that much difference to the overall film. No, no, not at all. Mr. Chris, how about those special features? Those special features. Um, Do you have a proper look at them? No, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I, OK, well, let me backtrack. I watched the of course, I watched the public service announcement he did for i don't know some hospital or something yeah, I, yeah. I, it's called hospitals don't burn down yeah that's uh brian Trent's oh yeah that's right. public information <laughs> with, film with the bloke smoking yeah, yeah the guy smoking in the but, hospital yeah yeah that's a bit <laughs> bit of a bizarre oddity to put on the disc but uh you know it's there why not bit of fun uh there's also a 48 minute documentary called the stuntmen which is a television documentary that Trenchard Smith made to do with the Australian sort of stunt performers, the guys who did Mad Max and Dead End Driving and all that sort of stuff. Oh, right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, there's also an audio commentary by Brian Trenchard Smith, which I haven't listened to because I wanted to get, uh, the proper film <laughs> done this time. So, uh, next time I watch it, I will give that a listen with the commentary. Uh, yeah. And there's also the usual reversible sleeve and, uh, 
some new artwork on the package as well. Excellent. So it's it's a lovely package of a film that I like and you don't. Arrow always does the great packaging. They do. It is a good package. I think it's it's a great looking film. Um, so the colours do come out a lot more. Um, I think it's entertaining. It's funny in places. There's tits. There's a bit of blood. There's car stunts. Uh, yeah, I like it. I just yeah. You don't. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say more than that, really. Oh, that's right. So scoring it, I'm giving it uh, four removed 57 Chevy tyres out of five. I'm giving it one white wall removed out of five. Okay. It's not a 57 Chevy. Sorry, it's a 56 Chevy. Sorry. How the hell would I know? He, he says in the film. Oh, well. Because I yeah, was thinking, I, it, it, I said it looks a bit like a Plymouth Fury and it's red. And I'm like, oh, is that a bit of a nod there? Okay. But then yeah, when yeah. He, we, he, take, he goes into the, uh, see the kiosk guy and he says what car is it he says oh it's a 56 chevy so there you go is that before or after he tells him his name is crabs uh might even be the same scene actually all right all right there you go that's dead end driving done and dusted that's right although i was thinking about this don't think too odd i don't know i do have to go back and give the baz from podcast under the stairs credit Mm -hmm. i refer to donald pleasance as big donnie p you did. That's, that's I did. Baz's and, name, and and that's what Baz gave. So Baz gets credit for that. But we'll call him Little Donny P. <laughs> every time it's embarrassing now because every time I see this these movies, hmm. I, I've got Baz's little nuances you know running through my brain. It's just horrible. You are becoming a little bit of a mini me of Baz, aren't you? I am. So sadly, am I going to have to keep you in check like Duncan does with Baz? <laughs> Only if I could find Krabby's green ginger wine. Oh, oh, yeah, I've had my fair share of that in my time, yeah. My nan used to drink that. <laughs> Apparently, you needed to make a genuine whiskey mac. Yes, you do, yes. So, I need Krabby's green ginger wine. Yeah, if you want to do it properly, yeah. You, other ginger wines are available. Uh, there's one, Stone's ginger wine is another one. But, uh, yeah, you need Krabby's. Oh. You need Krabby's to do it properly. Don't, don't ask Baz about Stone's. He'll, he launches into what can only be described as a brain aneurysm-inducing <laughs> tirade. Ha! I, can't, I was too pissed when I used to drink ginger wine, so it's one of those things you have to drink when you're pissed already. <laughs> Old ladies drink it. Oh, I, no, I'm sorry, Baz. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't drink anymore, so oh. I can't comment. <laughs> Well, these comments about the Baz are brought to you by a potato vodka whose name I can't pronounce. So, <laughs> is it Russian? No, I think it's American, given a American distillery with a Russian name. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, some highbrow stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're known for your highbrow intoxication, aren't you? Well, but you know, I'm mixing it with tonic. Vodka so and tonic. Why, yeah, why would I want to to waste? Like a, a Belvedere or a Chopin or another higher end vodka in a tonic. True. I'm drinking orange squash out of a plastic Batman cup I got from McDonald's. <laughs> what is orange squash? Oh, what would you call it? You must have it over there. It's like if you imagine orange juice and then put a big bag of sugar in it and then put water in it and lots of E numbers and chemicals and colours and things. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm having a vision of me circa 1993 visiting my current self and just giving myself a slap around the fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> Say, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, orange squash. Oh. They drink it at Wimbledon, apparently. Actually, it's orange barley water. I've got even more, even more disappointing. 
Fucking hell. What is my I, life? What's my life what become? Are, what are you drinking? It's orange barley water. Oh, God. Well, you stay away from the alcohol these days, don't you? I do, yes. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. be good if I if I got near it. Yeah, yeah. It'd be fucking funny, but it wouldn't be very good. <laughs> right then, let's wrap this baby up then, shall we? Let's do. Let's do. So, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so via email at ancientslumberpodcast.gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ancient underscore slumber, and you can follow both Myron and myself individually on Twitter and Letterbox as well. So do get involved and chuck some abuse our way, because we love it. Absolutely, we can't get enough of it. Exactly, and don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes, because uh, we want to know that somebody's listening. Please, 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 please leave us a review on iTunes. We've got two. We've got two reviews. Sweet! Yes! We'd like a few more. Are are they from people other than us? One is from Mr. Clayton. Oh, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris is guy. I love Chris. Good guy. He is, he is. And I, I left one for him, so he left one for me. So fair dues. E- excellent. <laughs> excellent. Right then. Yes, we shall return next show, show number 18, with Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, and Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. And, and probably another... <laughs> Arrow review that is nothing to do with Michael Myers. Oh, we got to do it later than Sunday morning because, you know. Well, it's not Sunday morning for me. <laughs> well, it's Sunday afternoon for you. It's Sunday morning for me. But, you know, let's be honest. I may need something to lubricate the old uh, brain box on these next three. <laughs> well, well, there's no law that says you can't start on the vodka at that time <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> 10 o'clock on a Sunday? <laughs> Oh, the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God help me. Oh, well, right. We'll bring it to a close on that uh, alcoholic note. So thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you see soon. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy Happy Halloween! 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 Happy Happy Stop it! 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 Stop it!